Welcome to The Open Door with Kelly and Kelly, brought to you by Collective Creations and Legendary Living Arts. Each week, join us for discussions on spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical health with guests from all walks of life. We invite you to connect. Welcome to another podcast with Kelly and Kelly. Welcome, welcome. Today, our topic is going to be about embodiment. That is another sort of spiritual word or a word I feel that has been used a lot lately that I've seen Mm. and people are using it almost the same way like they're using these buzzwords like almost like buzzwords like people overuse bliss overuse zen overuse and it's becoming a new one and the reason I wanted to talk about it in particular is because I got an email like most of us probably have you know we get on email lists for, you know, people or practitioners or professionals that we enjoy their content and, you know, we get their um, newsletters and things like that. And in this one email, I thought, you know, this person offers a course on embodiment. It didn't really say much, though, in the in this in this newsletter. It was a whole lot of words to say a whole lot of nothing. And I to say yeah. I was a little disappointed. I was because this was a person who I admire of taking courses before and I thought, okay. But I clicked on the course uh link itself to go there to see well maybe this, you know, when I click on the link, it'll show me a little bit more what it's about. And I read it and there was no description of what exactly they were going to cover in this embodiment course. And I thought, wow, that's really disappointing to me because I like to know if I'm going to take a course, what am I going to learn? What kind of things am I going to learn? So I kind of thought that we could talk about embodiment because embodiment is something that we do when we teach Qigong and Bagua. Mm -hmm. And so we've actually looked up a couple of definitions and I'll get back to my pet peeve about, you know, things that use a lot of words to say a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) I'll get back to that later. But Kelly is going to... Give us two definitions of embodiment. So the first definition is from multimodalityglossary.wordpress.com. Embodiment usually refers to how the body and its interactive processes, such as perception or cultural acquisition through the senses, aid, enhance, or interfere with the development of the human functioning. The second definition is from embodiedinmotion.com. To truly embody something means that you have a full body felt experience of that thing, state, or experience. It means that you don't just know something as thoughts or mental understanding, but that you also feel it as it occurs within the sensations of your body. I really like that definition. That is a really good definition. We, we looked up a few, and that was probably my favorite one. Because for me, that felt experience, when you actually embody something, it's, it isn't just knowing. Because you can read a lot yep. of concepts. And yeah. even with Qigong, you can read a lot you of concepts. You can read a lot of books. There are a lot of books out there now. There's a lot of information out there. And a lot of people will regurgitate the information. And once you spent enough time, especially with Qigong, once you spent enough time practicing and learning how to listen to your body it becomes really evident when people are just regurgitating information by rote and by repetition and are just repeating what their teacher said 
and don't have an actual embodied experience of knowing and understanding the art of the movement and the art in the movement and haven't quite gotten into their bodies mm -hmm. and anchor their perceptions as operating not out of their head or their mental cognition, but actually out of their feeling senses and feeling their body from the inside out through their bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what... I don't know. Now I'm like, okay, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm like, you, let's, you, let's... Always, you always say, say it so well. Because, I mean, you have been doing Qigong way longer than I have. Yeah. Like, over 35 years for you. You've been doing it. You've been teaching it for almost as long. Not quite as long. Yeah, so, almost, yeah, you know, when you talk about it sometimes, I'm like in awe and then I'm like, I don't know, do I have anything have, to add to that? Well, let's let's talk let's go back to sure. sort of that pet peeve of yours. Yes. Where people use words <laughs> and they say a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Because I was they, really they want to use disappointed. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, and I don't mean disappointed in like oh the ego way like, you know, I was but I was sort of looking at this one course and I thought you haven't told me what I'm learning yep. like you haven't told me that oh we're going to use this method to embody something embody and self-mastery self-mastery is another word there yes. are two words concept concept that is oh is being used a lot and yep. I'm not even sure most people even understand what no, self-mastery is or even how to begin no Physically or emotionally self-mastering. Most so. people view self-mastery as an intellectual gymnastics sort of um, exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, self-mastery comes from discipline. You cannot master your thoughts. So the, the ancient um, methods of spiritual evolution and enlightenment at their core all have discipline. Discipline is the number one first foundational block that you put down and is it is the first mm -hmm. second third fourth fifth sixth it is permeates the entire structure of your entire spiritual practice no matter what you're learning or what direction you go in if you do not have discipline if you cannot apply discipline yeah you have nothing right and we did a podcast on the difference between control versus discipline That's because right. a lot of people look at the word discipline and think oh that's punishment but no, yeah. being disciplined is being yeah. able to, you know, be triggered with your emotions and and holding yourself accountable Mas and being mastery of, mastery thought. of mastery thought, of thought, emotion, and yeah, ma well, but also mastery of your emotion. What was there was oh mastery, that mastery reminds of the me mechanics of mechanics behind your thoughts and emotions. Right, there was something that that reminds me of. I think like emotion is energy e in motion. motion. Yep. Right? We yep. were, I don't know where I saw that or what we were talking there, there about. There are a before. lot of, I don't know. But I really like that one. Yeah, well, and, and it's true because emotion, that if you look at the origins of the words, if you go back to the Latin and or Greek roots of some of the words that we use in the English language, the definitions are entirely different now than what they were when the words were originally used or created. Right. Yeah, that's true. And mm -hmm. we often take for granted the structure behind our own expression, the way we use words. This is where discipline comes in, where you have to research, you have to experiment, you have to explore and be able to see things from different angles. And this is sort of one of the things where people start using words like embodiment, like self-mastery, mm -hmm. 
and they have no personal context. It just happens to be the new word or the new concept that people are banding around and throwing around and people like the way it sounds and they mm-hmm. like the idea. So they want to be a part of it. And they want to jump on the bandwagon with yep. their own idea of what yep. that means. And that also doesn't mean that their idea might not be right. And it's yeah. not that it's wrong yeah. or whatever. But that brings me back to my pet peeve is that if you're going to offer a course in embodiment, what am I, yep. what am I going to be learning? Is it a physical thing? Is it an emotional thing? How am I going to be able to have a felt experience rather than just you or not you, Kelly, but, you know, the person any, any, um, teaching anyone. me that is it, it's just going to be concepts. Is it going to be something that I will be able to invite? So what does it mean? So I was really disappointed because I don't want to pay for a course that that's just teasing me, dangling a carrot. And, th- this is, and I this thought, is, but I know way. about physical embodiment. <laughs> Well, you're a, you're a right? master because coach I'm trainer a master- for gymnastics. Yeah, I'm a master coach trainer. I'm a master um, you're, 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 coach. You're one of a, yeah. of, a, of a small group of people in Canada who are actually right. as trained yes. in gymnastics and as capable yeah. with teaching gymnastics as you are. Well, exactly. And so when someone says, uses those words, that's why I'm always like, oh, what are, what are you saying exactly? No. Because I do embody what I believe. Like, that's the thing. I think there's a, a, some other definitions, too, that, you know, we can say, like, pe- someone is the embodiment of truth or the embodiment of whatever. And I've always tried to embody that, you know. One of, one of the things, because both you and I are, are movement, physical movement specialists. We are. For, yes, we are. And one of the things that happens when you spend as much time as we have doing physical movement is that you learn how to feel your body. Mm-hmm. You learn when a move is true. Yes. And yeah. that is a direct correlation. That is a that is of direct importance to actually understanding when an emotion, a thought, or feeling, an understanding, or a knowing is true. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that you and I both sort of take issue with. Yes. Because most people who talk about embodiment do not have much physical discipline or they have only just begun to dip their toes in by dipping the toes, I mean 10 years or less of physical discipline, yeah. of physical activity. Because once you get past the 10-year mark, your body does have enough momentum and a different type of space inside it in the nervous system to process information differently. So your knowing and your understanding become different right. after the 10-year mark. Yes. This is, this is a truism. This is a, a concept that, and I forget what it's called in Chinese, uh, in the Chinese martial arts, mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that is actually of supreme importance in the martial arts when you get to the 10-year mark of actually practicing something. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, great mm-hmm. book called mm-hmm. The Outliers, actually talks about this, where in 10 years you can have 10,000 hours of practice of something which makes you a master of something. Right, yeah. It can be tying your shoes, combing your hair. Everybody mm-hmm. is, is a master of tying their shoes, putting on their clothes, and because we've done it because so we've done many it. times, right? And that's the idea, right? You get to 10,000 hours and you do it so instinctively because yeah. it's so natural, but we don't understand and we take for granted that space of embodying that perfection of movement. Right, because like, like when you're a toddler, for example, and you're learning how to walk, you have not mastered how to walk. That's right. So you have to keep practicing. That's right. And, it's a, and when you're a toddler, because you don't necessarily express yourself verbally mm-hmm. when you're doing it it's feeling yep. and you can have your parents coaching you or coaxing you yep. along yep. 
But even if I was to say coach my children when yep. they were little yep. and say, oh, move your leg this way, move yep. your leg that way. They don't really have the cognitive function to translate what I'm teaching them with my mouth, or like with my words, to understand yep. the words that I'm saying. So for them, that's why watching is so important because they're watching you walk yep. and they're trying to embody that yep. because they're looking and then they're trying to translate that movement from what they see into their brain and then into their body and their motor patterns. Yep. And, yep. There's a lot of trial and error. So if they fall over, it's like, oh, well, that didn't work. Okay, back up, try again. And, and that and that just goes to the the inexperience and the lack of framework of experience that a child doesn't have until they've actually spent enough time practicing. And that's why kids practice moving all the time mm -hmm. so that they can move about and learn how to walk and run so that they can explore and be their own person, right? And this is mm -hmm. the same thing in terms of spiritual evolution or understanding uh, physical movement arts. Mm -hmm. And especially coming back to this concept of embodiment, a lot of people in the New Age community, uh, the influencer community and stuff like that, uh, jump on the bandwagon of brand new words or brand new concepts or the way they're being used mm -hmm. to be included. Yeah. I have I have a bucket of zero Fs to give. This is sort of the yeah. reason why it's so important to have a physical discipline that you practice, if not every day, then as often as possible mm -hmm. so that you give yourself a baseline of feeling and knowing and understanding yeah. and integration. Because the physical movement, like when I go back to my gymnastics career when I was younger learning how to do it, let's say learning how to do um, a round off back handspring back tuck. That's a series of things. So that's a lot of, that. that's a, actually. My, my English and my brain understood <laughs> the words. I'm just like. You're like, but what does that look like? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, right? I wish I could still do it right now. But those are three different, so you, there's a lot that you have to learn because you have to learn all the basics. Like you have to actually learn how to run properly to be yep. able to perform the tumbling the you have to do the cartwheels before you can do the round there's off a dis parts. discipline with the precision that you have yeah. to learn and then there's the back handspring but i can remember specifically learning how to do a back tuck because that was cool like when you're able to put multiple skills together because you really do have to embody it you have to really feel what it feels like and you know you know right away if you do something and it's not quite right and people can tell you, they can show you, and you have to be able to learn how to translate that into, a, into movement. And I can remember the first time I did it without hands, and I just sort of was like, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to go round off, back handspring, and flip with no, and I'm not going to touch my hands. Right. And I knew that I was supposed to go straight up and that you should see the corner of the floor before you flip over. Right. I didn't. Right. Because I just wanted to be able to feel what it was going to feel like without my hands. Right. Because it's kind of scary. Yep. Right? And so then once I did it without hands, I was like, oh, okay, I'm fine. I made it over. I landed on my feet. I'm not dead. That's right. <laughs> I'm That's not right. hurt. That's right. So the next time I go to do this series of skills, then I'm trying to perfect it each time I do it. Because I know that it doesn't feel right. But sometimes you have to do things incorrectly yep. in order to then embody it correctly. Yep. Because to, it's to a process. Yeah, to understand how to evolve into embodying the knowing 
with precision, not perfection, but precision. But precision. Yeah. Because precision comes from the discipline, and the discipline is pushing yourself to learn how to do it properly, how to be aware properly. And that's a perfect story for for what we're talking about because that is about the embodiment of actual awareness skills in your mm-hmm. physical reality. Yes. And that requires a lot of discipline, a lot of time practicing. And this is sort of like the same thing with, mm-hmm. you know, the spiritual community, um, the the ascension community, whatever you want to call it, that's where they talk, word. where they talk ascension. about, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other, other podcast. Thing, yeah. <laughs> the only way to actually, so actually, a thing that yeah. we've talked about before mm-hmm. is why physical embodiment is so important. Yes. Let's continue and, with that. And it's not just embodying the concepts or the ethics and the morals of being spiritually evolved, being emotionally aware, being mentally still. Physical embodiment for us, and what we've mm-hmm. talked about, is about having the body strong enough to continue evolving emotionally because if your body is not strong enough and is not used to stress mm-hmm. and dealing with stress and coping with stress and moving through stress, yeah. you will not be able to evolve emotionally or mentally because your nervous system and your body physically will not be able to handle the stress and you'll right. get stuck trying to figure out how, how to handle the stress mm-hmm. when your physical system, your nervous system, your meridian system, even your, we can get into the light code system of your body is not open enough, is not strong enough, is not resilient enough to deal with the stress of healing emotionally and mentally and spiritually. Because our emotions, we have to be able to feel what they feel like in our body. That's right. So if I can go back when I learned Bagua, mm-hmm. okay, which was, you know, many, many years later after being a gymnast, I had to retrain my body and not to take away because I can still do some gymnastics. In fact, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. a perfect cartwheel a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Very excited yeah, was, about that. It was awesome. I want to do some more. However, talking about Bagua, that was like training my body to do something different, being disciplined to actually listen when I wasn't performing it correctly. And being yep. able to know, oh, wait, I am using gymnastics patterns to do a different <laughs> discipline yeah, and yeah. I need to have different motor patterns. Yeah. So that was and then when you can physically do the Bagua, yep. then you can actually feel what does it feel like when I'm doing it correctly? What does it feel like when I'm not? And then you go deeper into, well, what is this bringing up for me? When I'm doing this, okay, well, this is hurting my knee. This might be hurting, yep. Yep. Our, or, oh, gee, I feel I have tension in my shoulders today. Yep. And then what is that tension? So I'm exactly. emotionally then going, okay, well, now I have this tension. Where is it coming from? That's right. What is the source of it? Yep. Because the tension is just a symptom of something else. It's yep. a symptom of something that I'm holding on to. Yep. And that's why it's important to physically train and to be strong in your body, like right. you were saying, because when you go to emotionally release, and I'll yep. I'll use myself as an example. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I woke up and I was like, man, I'm in pain today. My hips mm-hmm. were hurting across my shoulders mm-hmm. were hurting. I was, you know, doing my morning routine of puttering around and I was preparing herbs to dry them in the dehydrator and things. And I was doing things that I enjoyed. And... 
I was in pain. And I was like, what the F is wrong with me? Because I thought, okay, I have things coming out, obviously. And what do I need to do today? And I, so I asked my body because I can listen to it. And I know that it has messages for me. But there was a long time that I didn't listen to the messages it had. The pain that I had. I had many injuries when I was a gymnast. I had, you know, birth injuries after my kids were born. So I had a lot of things that want to come out and they Mm -hmm. want to be released. But in Mm -hmm. order to release them, I have to be mentally strong because I have to and emotionally aware Mm -hmm. that this is happening. And also physically, because after I emotionally released, I actually I asked my body and I was like, well, go meditate, go lay down and meditate. So I was like, okay. so I did that. And I had this huge release, this huge cry, and it had a lot to do with happiness, how I hadn't allowed myself to be happy, Mm -hmm. how I had allowed my shadow to try to tell me stories about, oh, that you're afraid of this or you're afraid of that, when actually, no, I really wasn't. But it's easier to be miserable than it is to be happy. Because when you're happy, you... You can your shadow's you, afraid yeah, or something yeah, we often that you're get gonna, lost yeah. and wallow in in our in yeah. our unhappiness or our pain yeah. and forget the feelings of joy. And this is one of the reasons mm-hmm. why having a physical discipline is so important because then you have a baseline of neutral, physical, concrete experiences that can then pull you out of your wallowing mm-hmm. and can keep you from getting stuck emotionally in something and more able and more give you an ability to build capacity to release more efficiently, more yeah. effectively, more rapidly, and with more clarity of what's going on in your body instead of like, oh my God, I hurt. I don't well, like because this. Because we can, because I know for years too that I would be in pain and I'd be like, oh, I just need to go lay down and rest. But I didn't actually ask my body, well, what's wrong? Like, why are we hurting mm-hmm. today? What's emotionally... and. Over time, I learned how to do that. And a lot of that had to do with doing Qigong and Bagua, but it also had to do with doing energy work at the same time. And being able to do that and learn what that felt like in my body and how to, to shift things and how to actually release things, it's it's a process. And I see a lot of people who one day on social media, they're saying, oh, I had this epiphany and I'm going to create this course and I'm going to teach this to everybody. And my question always is, but have you embodied it yet? Yep. Because the next day they're complaining about how much their body hurts and they can't believe that they're still attracting this to themselves. And they can't. And I'm just like, well, then you haven't mastered that that, yet. Because you're still and you haven't healed healed it yet. So you can't really teach someone something that you haven't mastered yet. Which for me is why even though 20 some odd years ago when I took Reiki, I didn't want to heal people. Yeah. I didn't want to work with people because I thought, I want to work with myself. Because when I did briefly start working on people, I'm like, how do I even know that this is mine or this is theirs? Because sometimes, well, and a lot of times we mirror, like people mirror issues to us, right? So I thought, I'm not clear enough to work on people. Yeah, and if you're not clear in yourself, you do not necessarily know what information is coming up and whatnot, it's even yours. This right. is why having a physical discipline and actually embodying your path mm-hmm. is really important to understand because embodying your path means taking your physical toolbox to work every single day 
your path is about your physical toolbox, not your mental intellectual mm-hmm. analysis of what you think you're feeling and why you think you're feeling it because your mind will always be your 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 ego and your shadow will always try and hijack your your mental activity your intellectual yeah. analysis and what you're feeling and this is why having a physical discipline is so important because until you actually have enough depth in the physical discipline and your body is strong enough your wisdom of connection to your body is strong enough it'll be hard to understand the origins of what you're feeling and why you're feeling it and why the feelings happen a certain way or mm-hmm. around certain people or in certain environments. Right. And if you're, bo- if you're not strong enough in your connection with your body, you will be scared to go deep into what you're feeling and actually see with clarity why you are feeling what you're feeling and what the information actually means. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that's, that's a, yeah, I can think of a few examples lately yeah. from people. Yeah. But I guess what I said to you already is just, you know, where people, if you find like to really be, to embody, you really have to be aware of what your thoughts are mm-hmm. because, yes. and, and yes. that you're thinking. And sometimes people are thinking so much, they can't even hear their thoughts because it's like a little machine. It goes and goes and goes and goes. Yep. And unless you stop yourself yep. and say, hey, what am I thinking right now? What am I projecting onto myself? Yep. Am I emotionally feeling something? And people can, like I've seen so many people lately who just run with it. that are like, oh, I had an epiphany. I need to teach everyone about it. But what are you going to, but what are you going to do with that epiphany? Well, and, and people- to me, that's what's so important is when I have an epiphany, what am I going to do with it? And, and people people are sometimes so self-absorbed that they haven't looked outside of themselves of what other people are doing or whether or not this epiphany is even, you know, unique. Because the human experience is not unique. The human right. experience is very common. Everyone is going through spiritual growth. Everyone is going through emotional stuff, mental stuff. Lots has been done and researched and worked on in terms of mental health. Mm-hmm. Even though it's something that we don't talk a lot about. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, this is why it's important to understand uh, the background and the historical evolution of certain concepts, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to spiritual evolution, because there are profound spiritual paths out there already that have clear milestones and markers out there in Buddhism, Taoism, uh, even in Islam and Sufism and in the Christian and Gnostic traditions. And even in, you know, you can go and get into the Wiccan or Druidic traditions mm-hmm. or the Anishinaabe, uh, Medewin societies that mm-hmm. I've spent some time with in my professional capacity. Mm-hmm. There are markers along the way for mm-hmm. the thresholds. And people who, it's very easy to, to see when people are, are unstable and profoundly self-absorbed that they don't that they do that where they have an epiphany and they just basically have like verbal diarrhea about it for years and years and years. And they think no one like it's because it's unique because it's suddenly theirs. It's suddenly unique to them. Yeah. It's unique to them that Mm -hmm. they think that's unique in the world. Right. And it's not to take away from anyone's spiritual growth or anyone's, you know, spiritual evolution, but it is something to, to be aware of. And this is why having a physical discipline, a physical activity that you do repetitively Mm -hmm. is so important because it will ground you. Mm-hmm. This is when people talk about grounding, like walking barefoot on the earth. That's that's fine and all, 
And but, it helps and because it helps. being out in nature yeah, really uh, 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 does help. Direct physiological response. Mm-hmm. But this is also the other thing too. It's like the physiological responses of the body need to be understood for you to understand your own spiritual evolution. Absolutely. Because if you do not understand your own physical responses, you will have a very limited perception of your growth you will maybe not even have an understanding that your growth patterns spiritually are an actual thing. That you actually have patterns mm-hmm. spiritually or emotionally or mentally. Yeah. Or even whether or not you can actually step back in observation and observe your mind. When you have to start thinking of yourself as a multidimensional being, not just as a person mm-hmm. or as a human even, we're a multidimensional being. Like think of yourself as a, a shiny multi-faceted not not even a square rubik's cube but like a big big onion you can't even say a hexagonal because it's more than that but because it is we have so many layers to us so many layers and you know there are a lot of false gurus out there and and the thing is to be aware of people is that if there's a guru out there who's telling you that you need to pay them to They'll teach you all the secrets, but they're not even going to tell you what anything is. Be wary of that right now because there is a lot of that. And there's a lot of people who have been doing things for a while, but they are stuck. And people don't know that they're stuck because if you're still growing yourself and you're still learning, it's okay to learn. But don't put people up on a pedestal. I've done it. I know. Oh, I've done it too. You've done it too. And... We had to knock people off, like not yeah. literally, but just. Well, we had to dis- distance ourselves distance, from, yeah. from certain people and take our own space and, and grow, grow into our and own. And grow into our own skills. because you have to really watch that because you, our egos want us to put other people, oh, like they know everything. Well, no, they don't. They don't know your experience. They know their they don't experience. Know, they know their experience. They don't, they don't your, have all your answers. Unless they spend time with you and listen to you, they, they don't know your experience. Mm-hmm. Here's a secret. Here's a secret well, that, okay. I, that I learned in the martial arts. Yeah. The information doesn't matter. Practicing does. Yeah. Years ago, I stopped caring about trying to hide information or keep repeating the hoarding of information pattern mm-hmm. that my teachers had impose on me or imprinted on me through my own experience i realized years ago and i'm I'm so grateful for my teacher mark who i learned bagua from i realized with bagua mm-hmm. that doesn't matter if i show someone a form mm-hmm. if they don't put the time in if they haven't put the time in it doesn't matter i can show them anything i want yeah but and it doesn't matter well it's also like circle walking that's right same same thing it's if you don't practice it you don't really know what it's like. Yeah. And it's that's like anything. That's right. So in and even like your own spiritual evolution, if you are not practicing your awareness every day yeah. about what you're thinking, not only what you're thinking in your head, but what you're thinking in your head and how that is affecting your body. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The sensations in your body. If yeah. you are not becoming aware of those things more and more every day, you're not embodying anything. So let's get You're back not practicing. to let's get back so, to yeah. false gurus. Okay, let's do it. One of the one of the simplest ways mm-hmm. to determine whether or not you are whether or not a guru is false is whether or not they're physically active or not. And whether or not they have a physical discipline. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of false thought gurus out there who share a lot of information about the ego. Mm-hmm. And it basically boils down to a lot of mental analysis of the ego and spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. But they have no physical discipline. They have not been practicing something for 10 or 20 or 30 mm-hmm. years. And they have no physical foundation for their knowing or their understanding of spiritual evolution. That is a key component because energetically, when you're actually healing emotionally and mentally, you need a strong physical body. And yes, false gurus generally do not have strong physical bodies. The false gurus that do have strong physical bodies are very brittle emotionally and mentally. And those are actually even more easily mm-hmm. uh, discerned and identified because the body language, the posturing, the Bible just be off. Mm-hmm. Uh, false uh, gurus who are physically active generally are very, very aggressive in their mm-hmm. demeanor and their energy is very aggressive. And it's also okay to grow past what you know. Like there's a oh, lot yeah, of people absolutely. like, you know, 20 years ago that I read those books and I don't necessarily follow some of those people anymore because mm-hmm. I learned what I needed to learn and I'm moving on to other things. And you have to allow yourself to do that. Yep. You you don't want to let your allow yourself to stay stuck following someone out of some weird sense of loyalty mm-hmm. or because you think they're better than you just because whatever uh, you know a lot of times we look at people who are famous quote unquote because we think they're better than us somehow but yeah. they're not they're and just their people that's the illusion too. of society that's we're, the illusion we're, right we're now trained or whatever just because they're famous well and that illusion is falling that, that is falling too because it's becoming yeah. more and more evident how mm-hmm. um not necessarily fake certain people's talents are, but how they've been propped up by the industry to be um, uh, puppets mm-hmm. and, 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 and mouths and, and uh, figureheads yeah. for, for an agenda. Yeah. And I've actually encountered some influencers who on social media who I've actually questioned them. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to know some of them. And some of them have actually stepped back and actually apologized publicly for how they were acting before. Because they weren't being true to themselves. But you can get, you know, you can get to be kind of famous and get to be an influencer and have a lot of followers and all that kind of stuff. And and it goes to your head. Oh, yeah. You know, and it doesn't mean that they don't have good things to share. However, they one of the people that I've encountered who publicly apologized was, you know, actually publicly said what a rough time she was going through Mm. and how having this influence really gave her a sense of community and a sense of things that she didn't feel like she had. Yeah. And so I thought, well, that's wonderful that this person is like stepping up and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. this is what I was doing and I apologize and this is what I'm doing now. And that's growth. And to me, that's growth, you know, I don't and I and I applaud her for that because I know years ago when I started on this journey, I didn't know a lot of the things that I knew now and I'm still learning things. My body is still teaching me things like, good Lord, yesterday was huge for me. And but that's the way it should be, is that if someone is making you think that they've got it all figured out, Mm -hmm. they're not growing anymore No, because you should be continually growing all the time. Mm-hmm. And and the reason the reason why like physical discipline is so important is because you begin to become aware of your patterns. And be, when you become aware of your patterns, it's easy to see patterns in other people. And this is why it's so important to have physical discipline to identify those patterns the way your mind tries to distract you 
when you're doing something physical, when you're going through your routine. And that's a clear indication of how your ego and your shadow try to work against you. And this is super important because when you are evolving spiritually and growing and healing emotionally and mentally, and you begin to identify these patterns, you will see them in people who call themselves gurus, or even if they don't call themselves a guru, but who are quote unquote, you know, new age thought leaders or whatever. Um, and it'll become evident because you learn when you are repeating a pattern and what that feels like, you will see them repeat their own information. And when people are repeating their own information, like say they just regurgitate what they've written in their book without any actual personal interpretation, even though they wrote the book, that's when you know that they are not necessarily as conscious or as evolved when they just regurgitate the information from their book without any personal experience. What happens a lot I, and what I've seen is that a lot of thought leaders and gurus, they'll repeat and people seem to love Zen stories or stories mm. about, you know, Zen cones and, and Zen cones are really, really good, but they just repeat the story. Mm. They don't repeat the understanding behind the Zen cones. Cones are, and, I, and this is from a space of studying Zen Buddhism for like 15 years mm. and being a hardcore meditator for three, four years where I'd sit and meditate for three hours straight. Cones are designed to make the mind do a mental leap of intuition, of knowing, of feeling mm. beyond okay. the mind. And this is such a flag on the play when people start regurgitating these Zen stories. And then these huge intellectual explanations afterwards. And it's just like, no, no, it's just like, no, the sound of silence is a direct reflection of the stillness that's supposed to be inside of you. Mm-hmm. Except they have these huge long stories that are like three, four pages long in their book. I'm going, wow, that's a whole lot of like intellectual analysis for just, no, the sound of silence is supposed to be the reflection of the stillness that is supposed to be inside of you hmm. from your discipline. Hmm. Yeah. I could go through. I, I could go through a few you books. You could go through a few, yeah, a few, a few books things. on on Zen yeah. books and then Cohen's and just like yeah. two or three lines of. Actually, I should mm. probably do that. That would yeah. be a good. That would be a good fun book to do. Yeah, we are writing some books, by the way. Yep. Stay so, tuned. But stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for those. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're doing. Any, anything else? Uh, that's pretty good. I think. I don't know. Do you have any last thoughts on embodiment? <sighs> Um, spiritual embodiment or embodiment of energy is is something that I've discovered even in the martial arts and Xi'an community, something that very few people seem to understand. Um, and I'm talking from my, my experiences of studying medical Qigong where it's about emitting and and studying other healing modalities where people either are not, are not, don't have a physical body and they learn, they don't have a physical discipline rather. They have a physical body. (laughs) Yeah. This, this is the dichotomy, yeah. right? People yeah. think that because they have a body, they are physically embodying their discipline. And that's not right. how it works. Well, that's maybe another podcast we should do is talking about what it means to be out of your body. Because that's another yeah. thing. People are out of their bodies because they right. don't, they're in their head. Yeah. They don't realize that. That's right. And there's, so, there's a lot of people. And th- so, those kind of growing pains are, are mm-hmm. brutal emotionally and mentally when you realize that you're not actually we make healing sound so much fun <laughs> yes oh yeah it's brutal come join us we have ice cream yes no yeah. but you know what it, it's not Cookies. you know it it's challenging like it, it depends is. like do you want to grow as a person do you want to grow 
and evolve. Yep. And for me, the answer is always yes. I know, right? I want to grow. I want to evolve. I There isn't any other choice for me. That's what I want to do. Yeah. That's my life's work. Same. Yep. So Absolutely. if anybody says, oh, what's your life, you know, what's your life's so purpose? So what do you do? Your purpose, like- your purpose in life, people are always looking for their purpose and they're always looking. And I know this can be very challenging to your ego and your mind, but that's your life's purpose. Yep. Is to accept for me, my life's purpose is to continue to evolve and to grow. Anything I do in the outside world is icing on the cake, well, and, bacon and the, on the, my and, salad. And the, and the, way, the way spiritual gurus and thought gurus market this is like we will show you how to find your passion and your path and your purpose in life and I, and i just kind of want to slap some of these people upside the head these so-called gurus because no your reason for being here is to be here is to live is to grow is to heal mm-hmm. you can be working at a print shop you could be a bus driver it doesn't matter. If you do your healing work, you are going to shine light on absolutely everybody you come into contact with. Mm-hmm. And you will not have to say a single word. Yeah, and outside. So what you do on the outside isn't necessarily... All, all of these gurus who, who basically want to tell you what your passion is and what your purpose in life is, mm-hmm. is so that they can keep selling you courses. Yeah. And they market it. And then we will tell you how to go and find mm-hmm. this and how to be the best that you can be. I'm going, well, yeah. You know, I've even thought of this, too, because we've had a, quite a few students who have followed us over the over the years. And sometimes I'm like, well, are, you know, I question myself. Well, are we like that? Are we, are we? But the thing is, with Qigong and Bagua, you go deeper and deeper all the time. Yep. You can be a beginner and you can do it because you've been doing like, for example, the eight pieces of brocade. You've been doing that since you were a teenager. 35 years. So, 36, yeah. Eight. So this is something that you practice all the time because you go and deeper into yourself yeah. and there's more healing that comes with it. Mm-hmm. You yep. don't get bored of it. Like, no. that's the thing. People if you're who get bored, bored of Qigong are then out of their bodies, they're in, in yeah. their heads. They, you're not they embodied. have no discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People who can't stand still, who can't hold a posture. Yeah. And and it is challenging. It's it is, very it challenging. We is. just did a workshop and some of the participants yep. were like, it's very challenging to stand still. Yeah, it is. Because I is. remember yep. finding that it is extremely first. challenging at first. It is at first. Yeah. And that's the big secret. It's only hard at first. You get stronger mm-hmm. and then it's not as hard. It's still challenging. Yeah, with the APs of Brocade, like every single time I do it, I hear you, something different. And you learn you something learn about something yourself. Different. And that's the amazing after 30, thing. Yeah, after 30-some yeah. years, 35 years, mm-hmm. it still blows my mind mm-hmm. how much it teaches me all right. the time. So on that note, I'm going to say note. check out our website, yep. www.legendarylivingarts.ca, because we also have our web app page, because yep. we have a new web app. Yes. And there's two ways that you can get to it. And we have courses there. So if you can't join us for the classes that we offer over Zoom or the ones in person, because we'd love to have new people. Oh, yeah. And we'd love to have our other people coming back all the time. We can't wait. Classes start next week on September the 6th. So check out the web app because you can download the Passion.io app onto your phone and you search Legendary Living Arts. You can get it to it that way. It's free to sign up. 
We yep. do offer free content, and yep. then you can see what courses we have up right now. Yep. And then there's also a link. If you're on our website, you can click on that link because then you can use it on not only your phone, but a laptop or a computer yeah. and stuff like that. Anywhere. So if you want to know what we have, yep. you can check that out because we're trying to, we want to try to reach as many people with it as possible because we've talked to so many people all over the world. And actually, you got an email today because you're going to be teaching a course oh, again Niagara University at Niagara yep. University. And she actually said, my, you are doing here. great work, Kelly. And so you are. Oh, thank and you. I mean, I've learned a lot. From yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing the Niagara University mm -hmm. conference again. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Great people. Mm -hmm. So that's that's something. check out our, our app. Yeah. Go and find passion yeah. mm -hmm. app in the app store. Yeah. Um, passion.io yeah a look in the library our legendary living arts app is there and download it and then you'll have access to, to stuff mm -hmm. yeah thank you for listening everyone okay we'll be back another time thank you for joining us today on the open door we enjoyed our discussion and hope you did too until next time we are kelly and kelly